0: Good morning, church, and welcome to this final service in our Advent series. 22nd of December, you know what that means? Three sleeps till Christmas. Woo! Excited? I am. Uh, so yeah, thanks, Shagan. I'm Cameron. I'm one of the elders here at Regarding Hope Church, uh, based in the south side. Uh, some Lots of you guys have been to visit us in the south side. Big news this week is that our heating system has completely died. It's completely broken, so I still can't feel my toes. I'm mainly here for the warmth. I'm told the stage lights are nice and warm, so uh, no, I'm here to share with you today about peace. Uh, if you've been around Rehope for any length of time, you'll know we love Christmas here in this church. We love everything about it—the time of the year when we celebrate the coming of Jesus Christ, the light of the world, the hope for humanity, the light that shines in the darkness. Each week during our advent services we light a different candle that represents a different aspect of jesus as the light of the world a different aspect of advent so guessing from how far they burnt down i imagine this might have been the first one where (laughs) uh, the first week we had brian before he went on his sabbatical preaching to us about hope the great hope we have through jesus then we had dave talking to us about love the birth of jesus jesus being god's master plan for our redemption proving God's great love for us. And then last week we heard Mark talking about joy because it's Christmas and if you can't be joyful at Christmas when can you be? And today we're talking about peace and how we're given this great gift of life-giving peace, life-changing peace. And then the final candle we call the Christ candle representing Jesus Christ as the light of the world. So as I've said we love celebrating Christmas here in Regarding Hope. And if you too love this time of year, then you may have different family traditions that you've picked up over the year, or you may have some new traditions that you've deve- been developing. In my family, we've got my wife, Kim, and our two young children, Daniel and Katie, her aged one and three. And we thought we'd try a new Christmas tradition this year. So we bought ourselves one of those advent uh, candles, you know the ones that have the the numbers for each day in December, you light it, burns for half an hour, goes past the number, you blow it out, and then it gets you one day closer to Christmas. So we got one of them, new family tradition, got the kids around, explained to our three year old, we're gonna light this candle, when it gets to the bottom, that's Christmas, (sighs) exciting. So we gathered round, lit the candle, sang a song. We didn't sing a song, we just lit the candle. And then went off and did our own thing, candles sitting up there burning. And then a few hours later, we turn around and it's burnt all the way down. And our three-year-old Daniel comes in and goes, Daddy, it's Christmas. (laughs) So maybe not gonna be a tradition that we stick to. (laughs) So yeah, we love this time of year. Some of you here might not love this time of year or might not love the season of life that you're in at the moment. You might be feeling pretty low on hope low on love low on joy low on peace this can be a time of year filled with fear for a lot of people as well one new slightly unusual christmas fear i've discovered this year was again with with our kids with our daughter katie who's 16 months old still a toddler i'd gone to buy our christmas tree went to ikea as you do and got one of the fresh Christmas trees that's wrapped in the netting, put it in the boot of the car, drive home, carry it in the house, put it down in the hall, and call, kids, come and see the Christmas tree. So they come running in, and Katie toddles in, and then stops, completely freezy solid, staring at this thing in the hall, her eyes widen. She goes purple in the face and starts screaming, daddy. What have you brought into the house what is this thing so i run away get some scissors open it up pop it up and she's like oh a tree and off she goes <laughs> so no idea what that was about perhaps though you at this time of year are gripped feeling gripped by a real fear or anxiety whether it's to do with job security financial difficulties old traumas family difficulties, health problems, depression. The reasons can be endless for why you're full of fear and anxiety at this time of year. Is it possible to even experience real peace in the midst of all of this? In the Advent reading we had today, we heard the words of the prophet Micah, which we can call up on the screen behind me from chapter five. And this is one of the great prophecies from the Old Testament, one of the greatest prophecies about the coming Messiah, about Jesus the promised peace to come. Now for some background, the events are happening around the time of the prophet Micah. It's a short book in the Old Testament, just six chapters. But it happens around 700 years before the birth of Jesus in a pretty tumultuous time for the people of God. So the nation of Israel has been divided into two kingdoms. You've got the kingdom of Israel in the north and then the kingdom of Judah in the south with its capital of Jerusalem, where the temple of God is. And you can read about this in Second Kings, and you can read about just how messy it is, how messed up it is. In the north, in the kingdom of Israel, you have a string of bad kings, just one after another, evil kings who turn their back on God, turn their back on his word, and turn their back on justice. In the south, in Judah, isn't much better. You have good and bad kings, but mostly bad kings who turn away from God. And the majority of, of the book of Micah, the prophecies are a warning to both kingdoms of the coming judgment because of their rebellion against God. So it prophesies first that the Assyrian Empire would come in and destroy Israel in the north and scatter the 10 tribes. And then later, uh, you would have the Babylonian Empire that would come and would take over Judah, would besiege and then capture it. Uh, Jerusalem, would destroy the temple and sent God's people into exile. So in the middle of this context, all these prophecies about the coming destruction of their land, the exile of God's people, we read in chapter five of Micah about this great hope of future restoration of the coming peace. So it says in chapter five that in Bethlehem Ephrathah, that's not in the large fortified capital city of Jerusalem, as you might expect, but in a small provincial town called Bethlehem, you would have the birth, the coming of a new ruler, Jesus. A few lines down whose origin is from antiquity, from ancient times, he is both eternal God and man. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who's in labor has given birth. This is referring to the exile of the Israelites. Then the rest of the rulers brothers will return to the people of Israel. He will stand and shepherd them in the strength of the Lord in the majestic name of the Lord his God. And then the promise to come, they will live securely, for then his greatness will extend to the ends of the earth, and he will be their peace. Fast forward to the New Testament, 700 or so years later, in Luke chapter 2, we hear when the angels appear, To the shepherds announcing the birth of Jesus, this promised Messiah, they say glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those in whom his favor favor rests. So our first point today is that Jesus is the coming of the promised peace. Jesus is the coming of God's promised peace. Through all the turmoil of wars, natural disasters, the consequences of sin, humanity's rebellion against God, We have a hope that through Jesus, all things will be made right. He will bring the peace we crave. So the birth of Jesus, the coming of God's promised peace for humanity. Where does that leave us? Where do we get our peace from? Can we experience true peace in our lives today? So we heard in Luke chapter two, the angels declare peace on earth with the birth of Jesus. And then if we fast forward again to the end of Jesus life, shortly before he's taken to be crucified, we read in John chapter 14, Jesus tells his followers, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled or fearful. So church, our second point today is that peace is given to us as a gift from God. This peace that we are given from the one who was present at the creation of the universe at the beginning of time through whom everything was made, he has given us the gift of peace. Now the world has a lot to say about peace. You hear it said that peace is this inner state of mind that you can achieve with enough meditation or mindfulness, enough decluttering or hygge, The world says that peace is something that can only come from within you and when you stop worrying about what others think of you. And family, we sometimes, if we seek to find our peace, our security in the things of the world, whether it's money, relationships, family, or work, when things don't go well, as they do for everyone at some point, you can find that peace we have vanish. Or if you build, if we build our lives on a vain inner self sort of peace, peace that comes from within, we can set ourselves up to crash and burn, to lose our peace in an instant, spectacularly when trouble comes. And we can all easily fall into this trap. I know this, I've been here. We think, if I just get this promotion, if I just get this job, if I just get this pay rise, if I just get those grades, if I just get a great girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, if I just have kids, if I just do more traveling, if I just chill more, if I just read more, if I get a nicer flat, nicer home, bigger garden, better car, better MacBook, could go on and on, then I'll just be able to relax, be content, be at peace. And these are the lies that the world tells us that worm into our mind. Many of you will be familiar with Jesus' illustrative tale that we call the parable of the sower. And if you do, you'll remember that uh, the seed, which the sower sows, which falls on the ground amongst the thorns and the weeds. When these young shoots grow up, the weeds there choke these young shoots away. And in the words of Jesus in Luke chapter eight, he says, when they have heard, when they've heard the good news, they go in their way are choked with worries, riches and the pleasures of life. In contrast, Jesus says, My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. So this is a different peace to a shoddy construct peace that the world can offer to us. If you've given your life to Jesus, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, if he's where you find your security, your contentment, your peace, then in a very similar image, we're like a plant that is rooted deep. that grows strong, bears fruit. And the first three fruits of the Spirit are love, Joy and peace. So God's peace given to us as a gift, but we must choose it over the false peace the world offers. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul writes, and we can call out the words on this screen: do not worry or do not be anxious. It might be in your translation, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God and the peace of God, which surpasses, surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Our third point today is that we must choose to walk in the way of Jesus, to find the peace that only he brings. We must choose to walk in the way of Jesus. Family, you'll know that if you've given your life to Jesus, we're not promised a life free from pain, hurt, disease, or heartbreak. For some of us, Christmas time is hard. It's not a great joy-filled time of celebration. Some of us here will be hurting, grieving, filled with doubts. Most of us who've been walking the way of Jesus for some time will have had dark, dark seasons where anxieties overwhelm, pain and grief consume you when your prayers might seem unanswered and God seems far, far away. And you just need to read God's word to see throughout it, particularly in the Psalms, that it's full of God's people crying out to him in the middle of their pain, in the middle of their hurt. But yet we are promised, we are promised peace, but sometimes that peace is immediate from God's Holy Spirit, that peace which surpasses all human understanding. But what if in the middle of all your pain and hurt, the peace doesn't come instantaneously. It's here in Philippians four that we have our answer to keep coming back time and time again to God, bringing in prayer, bringing your heart and laying it at the feet of Jesus and being thankful that heart posture of gratitude that can be so hard when you're in a tough situation, but just bringing it to God time and time again. And then little by little, as you see God's faithfulness through your situation time after time. Faith goes up, hope goes up, and your peace goes up. I want to share with you a small story of a a little poem in a frame that has been on my mum's bedroom wall or on her desk for the whole of her childhood. And I grew up seeing this little frame with the poem in it. It was written by a lady called Annie Johnson Flint. You might have heard of her, who was born at the end of the 19th century in New Jersey. And she had a pretty tough start to life. Her mother died in childbirth. Her father then remarried. Uh, But her father died a few years later. And she was brought up for a few years with a stepmom who cruelly neglected her. Eventually, a Christian couple adopted her. And she came to faith. But then, when she was still just a teenager in college, her adoptive parents both died. So she was twice orphaned. She completed her education, went on to become a teacher. But in the first couple of years of her work as a teacher, she developed this rapidly progressing inflammatory arthritis that gave her huge pain and destroyed her joints and crippled her. And she had to move into a sanatorium for the rest of her life. So despite all this hardship, all the disappointment, the constant pain she suffered from, she was had such a strong faith and she penned numerous verses and poems, and one of them was the one that sat in my mum's wall. So I'm gonna read it to you just now. You may have heard it. It goes, God has not promised skies always blue, flowers strewn pathways all our lives through. God has not promised sun without rain, joy without sorrow, peace without pain. But God has promised strength for the day rest for the labor, light for the way, grace for the trials, help from above, unfailing sympathy, undying love. And that brings us on to our final point today, that we have a future hope in Jesus of everlasting peace, a future hope of everlasting peace. We're given this peace from God when we give our lives to Jesus, when the Holy Spirit is in us and working in him when we trust in God. But you and I know there's still pain, there's still suffering in this life. There's still sickness and grief and death. And yes, that peace of Christ that surpasses all human understanding is given to us as a gift, but it's just a foretaste of that everlasting peace that we will have one day when Jesus comes to reign in power. If you've been here for our Revelation series with our Senior Pastor Brian over the past few months, You will have heard this message of hope we have in Jesus, whose birth we're celebrating at this time of year. Jesus, the sinless one who died that we might have freedom. Jesus to whom now has all authority in heaven and earth. And this Jesus who will return to reign in glorious power. And as it was promised in the passage, our advent reading from Micah, this future prophecy that one day we will live securely For then Jesus' greatness will extend to the ends of the earth and he will be our peace. We also read in Revelation 21, in the words of John who had the revelation, he said, Then I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them. They will be his people and God will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief crying and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away friends if you've never experienced this peace that surpasses all understanding if you don't have a hope in jesus that one day he will return to reign and power and bring an end to all hurt pain grief and suffering to bring his perfect peace then maybe now is the time to grasp all of that I've just got one challenge for you today, which is simply this. This Christmas season, choose peace. And If we remember from that verse in the Philippians, in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So why not, if you are lacking peace at this time of life, go for prayer. They've got a prayer ministry team who would love to pray with you about that. About anything. Think back over this year. Maybe it's been a great year for you. Maybe it's been awful. I would encourage you to write down a list of things to thank God for, ways he's been blessing you in your life, that heart posture of gratitude. And if you have that peace, if you have that hope, then share it with someone else this Christmas time.